saying yes together as a community of faith. And as we focus in on these three areas, restore relationship, refresh vision, renew commitment, what we're doing is we're saying a collective yes to God and, and hearing from God. So today, even as we, as we focus in on this first focus point of restore relationship, what we're doing is we're saying, God, together as the body of Christ, we want to hear from you. And then the attitude of our heart is to continue trusting you and listening to you. Now, again, I hope that you've been using our daily prayer guide. As we um, saw last week, much of it was focused on preparing our own hearts for what God is going to do. And then this week, you'll see a shift to, to a focus on our relationship with others and how God is speaking to us in the ways that we should be working to restore relationship with others. And so this praying and fasting, what it's doing, as we've talked about over and over again, is it's helping us build endurance. It's bringing a discipline, a training to our hearts through faith that's finding a daily rhythm of trusting in God like the cadence of a runner's footsteps. And, and over time, we get faster and we build endurance. And so through praying and fasting, what we're doing is we're, we're kind of clearing out the clutter in our hearts. We're saying, yes, God. And, and what we're doing is we're turning to a place of collectively wanting God's wisdom, to hear from God, to say yes to God together. And so there's this, this shift in perspective that comes out of these intense times of, of seeking God together. And, and so what we're doing as we clear out that clutter and we create space, what we're doing is we're creating opportunity. It's like a blank canvas laid before us where we're saying, God, we, your people, are ready to hear from you. We're ready to respond. We're trusting in you. And so even today, as we look at this first focus of restore relationship, what we're doing is we're saying and recognizing that Everything flows out of this direct, connected relationship to God. That this is, this is the way that God has created us, has made us, informed us. And now I want to name a couple of things up front is, and as we start to talk about the idea of relationship, is that um, number one, there, there are probably going to be some parts of today's sermon that sound familiar, and it may be very easy to go, oh yeah, I've heard that before. Oh yeah, I know that, and kind of tune out a little bit. But I want to challenge you this morning to lean in to, and, and with fresh ears to hear, God, what are you speaking right now, today, February 7th, what are you speaking to me? And then what are you speaking to my church? What are you saying to this body of Christ? And what are you speaking to us? And God, that we're going to listen and we're going to say yes to you in that. And so, you know, I want to say that up front, that it may, it may seem kind of familiar uh, on one level, but I think there's something deeper that God's challenging us with. And then a second thing that I have to name up front is that it does feel a little bit ironic that we're talking about restore relationship when you're watching online from wherever you're watching today and we're not in the same space together and that we're having to meet in, in, in separate homes and connecting online. And so I want to encourage you, overcome the even the, the technology challenges we've had today and, and share in the chat, even if it's just an amen or, or oh, I needed to hear that. Or God speaking something to you and you want to share it with um, the, the rest of the, the church that's listening. That's one of the gifts that we have in meeting online is that when you're sitting in a traditional church space, you may not shout out and say, oh, you know, that's that reminds me of this verse. But you have the opportunity to, to kind of have a, a side conversation as I'm sharing the sermon this morning as God's speaking to you. So if something reminds you of a Bible verse and you want to share it, go for it and, and share that with the others because I think that's where we can benefit and learn together, even um, in the, the distance and the restrictions that we have in this season as a church. And so today, as we look at this restore relationship, one of the things we have to do from the very first is, is to go all the way back to the beginning. 
When we go um, in the scriptures back to the book of Genesis, we see in Genesis chapter 1 through chapter 3 that the original intention of God's heart in this beautiful creation narrative, the story that's told at the beginning of time, is that part of the intentions of God's heart in, in, in this creation of the world was that God was creating humanity for relationship. God was creating humanity for a relationship with God's self. Um, and, and, and we see that in the, the story that's told of, of God walking with Adam and this beautiful connection that um, they had together. But then we also see that in that creation narrative that God looks at Adam, God's creation, and says, Adam also needs another, another human, another person to be connected to. And so we see all the way from the very beginning of time, from the, the first moments that God speaks and breathes life into creation, that there is a desperate and innate desire for relationship. This is this part of our wiring. It's part of how we're imprinted. And being created in the image of God is that we are a people created for relationship. Just like the, the master artist or the, the master craftsman that's, that's creating and designing, it intricately knows that thing that's being created and designed and painted um, and the, the craft that's being done. God knows this about us, that God has designed us and, and put a desire within us for relationship. And so it's beautiful, and that's why I say in the beginning, we have to like almost draw back to this big picture, big view of time, and see that when we talk about this, this restored relationship, what we're doing is we're moving back in time, all the way back to the place of the original intent of God's creation. Even before the effects of the fall, before you know the impacts of sin and the betrayal that happens in the beginning of the story, we were first and originally created and designed to be connected intimately with God, for God to know us and us to fully know God. And then for us to be in relationship fully with one another. And we see that in the picture of Adam and Eve together. And yes, in the first three chapters of Genesis, it quickly spins out of control. And, and we don't get a real clear timeline of, of how quickly things move into a place where, where then there's the effect of sin and the brokenness that comes in. But even in those moments, if you look at the creation narrative, what you see is God stepping in to deal with Adam and Eve's betrayal in a relational way. God just didn't, you know, speak and, and cause action to happen in those moments. But God in scripture says that God was walking in the garden and he calls out to Adam and Eve and then begins to have a conversation and is trying to draw out of them what has happened. God is already in those very first few moments of, of sin marring the picture of the beauty of God's creation. God's working through relationship to attempt to restore, to call out, to draw near and then Adam and Eve and their humanity and, and then the impact of sin, they're the ones that withdraw. They hide themselves. And ultimately, you know, the story just continues to devolve from there as, as the effects of sin begin to impact our world. But yet we see God working in a relational way. He shows up personally. He calls Adam and Eve near. He speaks to them and invites them to confess, to acknowledge what has happened. It's this relational and redemptive way that God works in our lives. It's inseparable from the way that God has made us. God has created us for relationship. You know, it's no understatement to say that we were designed to be connected to others, to God. 
That is what we were set up for. It's like the default setting in our human wiring. And, and, and so what we see, though, is that anytime that wiring is, is disconnected, that we're separated in relationship, we're isolated, we begin, to, we begin to shift away from the very thing that we were made for. We were made to be created. We were created to be in connection with one another. And so as we're in this 21 days of praying and fasting, and as we have this first prayer focus that we're praying for and that we're hearing from God from, when we talk about restore relationship, what we're doing, again, is coming back to a place of seeking God's will and God's way to see transformation happening within us. That's a, that's a restoring and a returning us back to the place for which we were originally created for, to be in relationship with God, to be in relationship with others. And, and so often where the evils of this world exist, where pain and heartbreak is most seen, is in relationship. When relationship goes wrong, we see those are the places where pain and the effects of sin are most present, most easily evident. And again, we can look back even over the the last year, the last 12, 13, 14 months, and we can see present not just within our own community, but within our, our nation and even within our world, what happens when relationships are strained, when, when, there, when there's brokenness in the connection between other people and what that starts to bring to the surface. It's like in those places, we start to realize how desperately we need connection to others. And so as we pray for God to restore relationship, what we're doing is we're praying for the fullness and the holiness of God to, to come in and begin to transform us and restore us back to what we were created for. I think, again, you know, one of the things that um, so often happens for us is that uh, when we think about relationship, especially if you put it into to, to human terms, a lot of times we, we lose sight of the fact that relationships are constantly changing. The, the dynamic, that, that connection from one being to another being, even, you know, a human uh, to God and knowing God, but even between human to human, like it's, it's changing over time. You know, one of the ways that we can best see this is like parent to child or maybe even um, within a, a romantic relationship between spouse and spouse. Like there's, there are these ways that the relationship is constantly changing and, 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 and changing sometimes in a day-to-day sort of way. And, and yet we can lose sight of that. We, we get caught up in the, the rhythms of life or even, you know, the familiarity that comes from, you know, just that curse of knowledge of, of the more we know somebody, we start to not see them. Um, fully for who they are, but we start to see them about the way that we perceive them to be or that we know them to be. And then over time, it can feel as though our relationship is just kind of at this like static, same sort of place. But yet if we pause and we look, we see that, you know, things are changing over time, especially you see it in like, like parent to child, that as a child is growing, there's a different way that a parent relates to a child as the child is moving from one season to another, one, one age. Um, and, and then as they're growing and moving older and older, you have to relate differently with your child as they age. And so if we stop and we look at it, um, we start to realize that we can't just think about relationships in like a static connection. Oh, I know that person. Oh, I'm related to that person. Oh, I attend church with that person. But we actually have to look at what is this connection between one another? What, is it, what does it look like? Like, how has it changed? As I look back to the past, what has it looked like before? And, and then what is the relationship? What does it feel like now? And then we have the ability to say, but what do I want it to be? 
What, what do I want this relationship, this, this connection I have, whether it's a family member, a spouse, a child, or maybe you know, within a, a faith community or even us to God, we have the ability in our own agency, in our own self, to look at those relationships and say, what do I want it to be? And then work toward that. Realizing that, yes, it comes with boundaries and we can't always control what's on the other side of that relationship, but we do have the ability to examine ourselves and say, what do I desire these relationships to be? And so as we look at all of this, we realize that, um, that we are created for relationship. It's by design. It's intentional, purposeful that God has, has set up the world in motion in a way that um, everything is supposed to be interconnected. And yet, because of the effects of sin and, and our own humanity, we can a lot of times just damage those relationships or we don't, we don't tend to them in the way that we're supposed to, even us to God. And so my hope is through our time that we have here together this morning, that there will be something new and fresh that God speaks to you and what it means to understand and think about relationship in spiritual terms and the way that God has created and designed it to be. And so let's do this together. As we look um, at the, the remainder of the message this morning, what I want to do is um, basically bring us three points, a uh, real simple three-point sermon, and it'll be easy for you to, to take notes and follow along. So if you are taking notes, and I encourage you to do that, um, write down number one as we look at restore relationship. Number one, we're going to look at what it means to be restored to God restored to God. You know, and, and we've already talked about this some as we've looked at the, the order of things and the way that God has created things that on God's side of the equation, God has constantly, continually be, been, been seeking after his creation, been working to restore relationship to his creation. And one of the most beautiful ways we've seen that is through Christ Jesus. But we see that this is in the heart of God to be restored to creation. And so then, again, we're looking at it within the context of our 21 days of praying and fasting and our prayer to God being, you know, God, is I want to seek to see a restored relationship with you. It doesn't mean that it maybe was completely cut off, but a strengthened, restored relationship. And we realize that in God's heart, that there's the fullness of God ready to come in like a flood when we turn toward God and we say yes to God. And we see this over and over again in Scripture. Look at 1 John chapter 3. This is 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. 1 John chapter 3, 1 through 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. You know, I could just stop, just almost just stop right there. And looking at those, those words, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. It's amazing because it's like we didn't even choose it, but God has lavished it, has poured it out on us. But then again, scripture continues and says, the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. This is what's so amazing is that we are God's children. Plain and simple. We're God's children and we've been called to live from our place of belonging in the family of God. And so first and foremost, we pause and we ask ourselves in this, in this way of restoring relationship to God, do I truly accept that I am a child of God, that I am loved by God, 
that I am the beloved of God and that he lavished his love on me without me earning it, working for it, or even desiring it, but that God has poured this out. And like the scripture says in 1 John, my knowledge of that and my knowing that is what then opens my heart more and more to what God desires to do in us. Scripture talks about it and you know is explaining that it leads us to a place of seeking purity because we've been called to be like Christ Jesus. And so we start to recognize that this is a holy dependency on God. And it acknowledges our limits and our needs within the understanding that we are called to find ultimate fulfillment through our identity in God alone as God's child. That's it. Nothing else we do in this world is determined that determines our identity and our worth when it comes to knowing God. It's first and foremost understanding that as we, as we seek to see a restored relationship with God, that we're not trying to convince God, but that it's already in the heart of God to be connected to us, to be in relationship with us, to be experiencing a communion of that being with God on a daily basis. Like that is in God's heart. And that's why the scriptures give us these encouragements over and over again. Pray without seeking, ceasing, like to, to be seeking after God with all that you are, to run with endurance. Because the fact is, is that God is already with us and for us. And so then we get to just live out of that place and the, 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 of knowing that we are loved by God and that we belong to God. But it requires for us to, to zoom out and have a, more of a long-range view of our relationship with God, to actually start to, to change our perspective of the way that we see our relationship with God. Sometimes it can be tempting for us to only look at um, what God is doing or maybe what God is not doing in our life in just one present moment, one present season of our life, like the most immediate. And then what that does is it, it starts to warp our perspective of this ongoing work of God in our lives. And so there's this, there's just significant value for us as people to take inventory of how we're changing and transforming, of how we're growing in faith. You know, I've already mentioned to you our, our Wednesday night Zoom uh, gathering uh, that we had our first one last week. We'll have another one this Wednesday and then the, the Wednesdays ahead through the month of February. But one of the things that really struck my heart, um, and, and Pastor Chris and I actually commented on this after we signed off and we closed the laptop, was just how amazed we were in what God has been doing in your lives. For those of you that were on that Zoom call, it was so amazing to hear you sharing with one another, encouraging one another, challenging one another with what God is speaking to you. And I, and I sat back and I looked at it and, and I just was amazed by what God is doing in your lives. And, and maybe... Maybe it's difficult for you to see it because you're the one having to live it out day to day. But as your pastor, I look at it and I'm so impressed and so amazed that part of what has come out of this last year of challenge and difficulty has been a resiliency to your faith. And I have this wonderful perspective to be able to sit on the sidelines of your life and to see what God is doing. And so maybe today or in, in, in this week, you feel overwhelmed. Maybe in, in this season, there's things that you're praying for and believing for that are prayers that you feel like may not even have answers yet. But yet I want to encourage you that God has been doing things in your life. The fact that you're still on your feet and standing and you're breathing and alive today says that there is work that God is doing in you. And Wednesday night was this beautiful example, just a, a moment, an hour online where Pastor Kristen and I sat back and we went, well, that's amazing. I mean, 
We, we didn't force that to happen. We didn't make that happen in people's lives, but that is the spirit of God continuing to mature people in their faith. And yeah, we've all got growing to do. And so I want to encourage you that, that maybe if you feel overwhelmed and, and you feel even disconnected from God to just kind of zoom out some and look at the overall timeline of your life and take a moment with gratitude in your heart and thank God for his eternal unceasing presence in your life, for his continual caregiving to you, for him being the one that is the sustaining power of your life through the Holy Spirit. And so in this season, even if you feel a little lost on the path in front of you, or you feel kind of overwhelmed by all that you've experienced or all that you're praying for right now and that you're seeking after God, know that you can pray with confident hope because God is for you and God is working to be more and more in relationship with you through the Holy Spirit. And so again, it can feel like, you know, there, there's this, this sense of just kind of being overwhelmed or lost by circumstances as they are. One of the things I appreciated again about Wednesday night, um, Jeremy Adams was um, the one that shared scripture with us and he brought to the, the conversation Romans chapter five. And I so appreciated what Jeremy was sharing in those verses. Um, and it just really struck my heart that I wanted to, I want to share that as part of our message here this morning, where in Romans chapter five, Paul writes this in verses three through five. So this is Romans 5, 3 through 5, the scripture writer, um, Paul says this, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. And I want you to look at the order of how this works, because I think this is so important for us in thinking about being restored in relationship to God. It says that when we run into problems and trials, we, we rejoice for we know that they develop us, they help us develop endurance. So the problems and trials help develop endurance. And then endurance, what does that do? As we're, as we're building endurance, scripture writer says, endurance develops a strength of character. And then a strength of character, it strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us. Do you see it? We know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. God has already initiated. He's given us his love and he empowers us through the Holy Spirit. And so we have to see that there is this empowerment and the strength that comes out of walking through difficulty, walking through problems and, and trials. And it's not that we've been strengthened in our faith, we have the endurance, we have the confident hope, and now we can face the trials, but it's actually because of God's already present prevailing work in our lives that as we go through those things, what's happening is it's building layer upon layer upon layer. And so when we think about God and we think about being in a relationship with God, sometimes it may actually take the renewing of our mind, the changing of our mind and our perspective on what it means to be in relationship with God and accept the simple uh, pervading truth that God is with us and for us. And we need to rest in that. And then we need to work at being um, completely, fully devoted to God in relationship with God. And that's part of what Paul is talking about here is that there's this developing, this strengthening, the endurance that comes and it brings character. And then out of our character, we're able to have a confident hope of salvation. This is what it leads to, a confident hope of our salvation in Christ Jesus. And so through this season of praying and fasting, you have one of the greatest opportunities to work on strengthening and restoring and growing your relationship with God. I mean, think about it. If nothing more comes out of these three weeks other than your commitment to spend more time with God in prayer, meditation on scripture than you normally would, you are opening yourself 
to the goodness of encountering your heavenly father. If that's it at all, of just experiencing God more fully than you have at any other point, then, I mean, that alone is life-giving. That's hope-restoring. That's what builds the confidence. And so in, in this time of, of looking to, to restore relationship with God, we realize that there are challenges. There are heartaches that we've walked through. And maybe in, in working to restore relationship with God, one of the things that you need to do is actually name some things that are, that are hurts, that are pain that you carry with you, the things that seem like they kind of cloud your view of God, that you actually need to take inventory of that. You need to, to write it down. And then as the psalmist did time and time again, you need to voice it before God. The scripture's talking about um, bringing our complaint before God and the fact that God actually invites that of us. And so in looking to restore relationship, you may actually need to, to come to a place of, of taking inventory of what you've experienced and the things that you kind of hold God responsible for and then um, name it before God and invite God to, to speak to you and bring healing to you, to bring peace and, and, and maybe not an understanding that assigns a purpose of, oh, I went through that so that God could do this. I don't, I don't know that it always works that way, but that we can actually be in a place of just trusting that God, even though I went through that, I know that you are still with me. Even though I carry these pains and these hurts in my heart, I know, God, that you are bringing me a peace that passes understanding. I've had to do that in my own life at different times, even in, in recent seasons, even over this past year of times of going, man, I feel disconnected from God. I, feel, I actually feel angry. I feel frustrated at God. And I've had to, to come to God in a, in a place of, of um, naming some complaint and, and, and getting airing it out, but at the same time, a place of humility of saying, you know what, God, I still will trust in you. I know, God, that as I walk through these things, that you don't leave me alone and that it is building endurance in my life and it's leading to a confident hope of salvation. And so, God, through it, I can, I can trust in you. And that is a, a work that you may have to do time and time again. But again, be reminded of the fact that God's heart is for his people. God's desire is to be at home with his people. We see at the, the very end of scripture in the book of Revelation where there's this, this kind of apocalyptic look at the end of time and, and um, there's all sorts of ways that it gets interpreted and what it means. But there's a moment though, this prophetic moment in, in Revelation chapter 21, verse number three, where the, the scripture writer you know, calls out and says, I heard a loud shout from the throne, the throne of God saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And I think this is in, again, if you get nothing else from the sermon this morning, this is in the heart of God is that God is for you and God desires to be in relationship with you. So as you start to exert the effort of, of restoring relationship with God and seeking that through praying and fasting, know that God is faithful and that God, on, on, on God's side of the equation, he is for you and he is moving toward you. And all he wants to do is pull you closer and closer to God's self. So number one, we're working to restore relationship with God. But then number two, you can probably guess, number two is we're working to see restored relationship to one another. Number two, restored relationship to one another. Now, you've heard us say it so many times probably at this point, but I'm going to say it again. This last year has um, just brought so many unexpected stressors for us and, and into the lives of people all around the world, all across our nation and our state, and, and even within our community, within our church. And so 
when you think about it, again, in the, the context of what we're talking about here of, of relationships, one of the things that we see is that when the norms of like daily routines of life are, are like suddenly and even kind of violently stripped away, relationships are going to be tested relationships are going to be strained. And then what happens is in the places where there's weakness in those relationships, those are going to become even more evident and more prevalent. And so for a time, what we've seen is the fact that like the world has just kind of was working to just survive. I think even in the first few months of the pandemic, it was just this thing of like, we just want to survive. We're trying to wrap our minds around like what's happening and just dealing with the ongoing, just kind of chronic stress. Part of what happens in all of that is it starts to reveal the weaknesses that exist in our in our cultural relationships. And so then even some of, you know, when we think about this this present moment in our in our culture, in our world, as relationships were strained because of isolation and, and fear and, and pandemic and trying to understand, then what we started to see was this uncovering of the unhealthy and painful dynamics that were that are just present in our world that we kind of learn to live with and navigate around and negotiate. And, and so then it started being revealed in areas of, of politics and race and economics. And, and so then some of what starts to happen is this revealing of things that are really centuries old and that just kind of rest and sit in our culture. And, and for the most part, again, like I mentioned in the beginning of the sermon, like we kind of live in this day-to-day way where we don't even think about what really exists in relationship between us as people. We just kind of figure out how to navigate around one another and, and to accomplish what we need to and, and have relationship with people that we really want to. But then in seasons like we have experience where there's been this chronic, chronic just kind of pulling and tension that's placed on the fabric of our culture and our society, some of the, the weak places start to unravel and we start to see this uncovering of evil that exists in our culture and we start to see where the unhealthiness exists in our world and where the pain has been covered over and it starts to be laid out in front of us. And then because of the strain and the tension and the the pressure that's already there, it's almost like we don't even have the coping and the language and the strength to then go and start to try to mend those places and restore those places. But yet what do we know again about the heart of God? God has created us for relationship, not just with God, but with others. And God has created us to be in healthy unity with others, especially within the body of Christ. And so then it's like uh, we see that there's this, this challenge that's laid before us where we start to recognize some of the, some of the, the, the seams that have been ripped out in the, the cultural fabric and, and some of the places that um, things have been left undone and, and exposed. And then, and I think this is part of the work for us in these 21 days of praying and fasting, is praying for supernatural perspective and understanding how to step into our responsibility to start to restore relationship with one another. And it's going to look different in different relational dynamics. It's going to look different, you to a coworker or in in an outside community space versus what may be happening within a community of faith or within your own family. But I think that we have a call from God, a responsibility from God to work to see restored relationship. That is part of the work that God is doing in us. And it's not just something that God calls us to right now in 2020 and 2021, but it's something that God calls believers to and has called them to from the beginning of time. Look at this with me in Romans. Paul gives this radical challenge, the Apostle Paul, this radical challenge to the early church. And and again, we don't get to excuse ourselves just because of the distance of time. Like these were the early believers and we are the present day believers and we still have the same challenge before us. And this is Romans chapter 12. 
Romans 12, verse number nine, Paul writes this. Don't just pretend to love others. Again, we could stop there just with that phrase alone. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Yes, hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Again, that confident hope that comes from endurance and character that leads to confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other and don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Wow. These are the words of scripture. Two more verses. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And so we think about these verses. Again, this is Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 18. Write those down because I think in this season of praying and fasting, we desperately need to be asking the Holy Spirit to examine our lives, to to examine our relationships to ask of ourselves, you know, from, again, the, the inspiration, the challenge of the Holy Spirit to ask ourselves, do we just pretend to love others or do we truly love them? And again, this is so much harder than, than thinking positive thoughts towards someone. It's, it's love, like in, a, in, in God's type of love, in the way that God has called us to love, love is loving when the other party is hard to love. We see that in the teaching of Jesus. And so I, I have to say, and this is why I repeated this multiple times, write down Romans chapter number 12, verses 9 through 18, because I, I think it may be possible that maybe we should spend some time with these 10 verses this week to read through them, to reflect, not in a, again, in a self-disparaging way, but in a, in a God-inspired way, to reflect on our own lives, to ask ourselves, um, you know, God, shine a light on me and show me, do I, truly, do I truly live in this way toward others? And what's being named here, God, is that how I live toward others? Is that what relationships with others look like? You know, God, do some excavating in my heart, like bring some things up and, and allow me to, to surrender in areas where maybe I've held on to things that I shouldn't. And, and, and this is what's so crazy about Paul's instruction here. He didn't qualify this, this radical relationship of love just for those who were followers of Jesus. He actually says, everyone. And, and here's what's funny about this. I actually went, in, in studying these verses, I went and that word, everyone, I looked it up in the original Greek because I wanted to be sure, like, when Paul uses that word, everyone, you know, what is he meaning there? And um, here's what it means. Everyone. 
It literally means everyone. Like, there's no qualifier. It's this understanding of the whole. Like, when Paul writes these, these challenging words about the way we're supposed to relate to others, it is for everyone. There's no withholding because we put people in certain categories or say, oh, well, well they, they think more like I do or they believe what I believe, and so now I can be in this loving relationship with them. No, it's an understanding that we have been called to be in, in a pursuit of love toward everyone. And sometimes in the church, we, we get a bad rap for talking about loving people, but not actually living it out. And so sometimes I think what happens in that is that we need to learn to practice this loving others well. First, almost like kind of like you think like if you drop a rock into a pond and then the ripples start to go out, we need to practice dropping that rock into the pond of our own, our own relationships most immediate, of within our family, within those that are closest to us, our friends and loved ones. And then as we're working there, it starts rippling out and rippling out. So again, we're not qualifying it of who, do, who gets my love and who doesn't, but realizing that if we try to take it on as the whole, it's probably too much. But like dropping a rock into a pond, and as those ripples start to go out, we start to realize that the loving becomes easier over time as we get to practice loving. It's another way that we build up the endurance of our faith. And so when we think about this and, and seeing a restored relationship with one another, we come back to words of Scripture like this in Romans chapter 12, where we see an example of what it means to have a healthy, loving relationship with others, of what we are being called to on our side of the relationship. And then we get to, to hold that up and examine our own lives. And, and again, with the kindness and the loving nature that God is, we get to then enter into, okay, God, where do you need to work in me? And as I'm praying and fasting this week, God, I'm asking for you to reveal the areas in me where I need to find forgiveness, where I need to, to release things from the past, where I need to name some things that have been painful in relationships so that I can then work to see relationships restored. And I'm going to be real honest with you here. This is this is a moment where, um, again, like taking, the, taking some layers off here and, and being a little more transparent with you, you know, Essence Place as a, as a church and as a community has experienced this same strain of, of relationship over the last year. You know, if you think of it, when we were supposed to be celebrating our second birthday as a church last March, um, we were, were shutting things down. And so and when we're in a place where we were... <laughs> We were working to still build relationships and we're trying to grow in the church. There was an immediate shutting down of everything in person. And so then what happens at that point, what happened for us was all of that, that face-to-face in-person connection that we were building in rhythm through weekly services and, and other groups and, and different events that we were having immediately it was all just like sideline, taken away. And then what happens is we start to shift to trying to still build relationship with one another, but doing it virtually without um, having true connection with each other. And, and then if you put it in the context of, again, it was our second birthday, that means within the, the context of Essence Place, and I know some people have relationships that have been you know, you've been connected with each other much longer than just at Essence Place. But as a whole, under the umbrella of Essence Place, the longest at that point when everything was shutting down that anybody could have known anybody else within the Essence Place community was only two years. And now two years is not enough time to really develop deep relationship. 
to, to develop a deep place of, of, of vulnerability, of caring for one another in that, that true Christ-like way. Like we were, we were working to develop it, and it comes out of times of working alongside, serving alongside one another, of, of being in a small group and sharing vulnerably and opening ourselves up to what God's doing and sharing that with one another. But to think that we had only experienced two years of relationship, and for many of us, it was actually much less than that, maybe only a year or even six months or even one family. I know it was, was only a, like a month or two. And so when you think about it, you know, we see that um, overall, like there's been this like continual shutting down and shutting down of, of relationship and restriction that came out of um, this, this last year that when we think about how do we continue growing as a church, um, it can be really challenging. When you think about like how do we, how do we move to a place of just trusting what God is doing in community, where it's not just all of us individually, but that we are actually connected together within the under the umbrella of Essence Place, um, and that God is desiring to do something and working within the community of Essence Place becomes so important. And and again, this is like you know my my commitment to transparency before you. Like I've had some very real concerns with God. Of, of what happens for Essence Place. Like, how do we as a church come out of, of a, a COVID season of being, you know, rest, all the restrictions and, and, and being limited on in-person attendance and who's able to show up in person? Like, what is the future of the church when you think that we had, there's this baby infant church only two years old, and then, like, how do we survive this season? And, and I would want to say that, you know, as a pastor, my faith is so strong and so resilient that, you know, well, we're just going to keep pressing on and we'll get through it. But I'll tell you, I have had some moments over the last year where this has, has truly tested my faith. It's tested my, even my own resilience in, in moments where, you know, I've, I've wanted to say, you know what, I give in, I give up. Like, I don't know, God, even how you're going to restore this. I don't know, God, how, how the church even survives something like this. Maybe this just means we're done. Maybe, it, you know, if it, we just, it would be easier to just, you know, say, okay, there was a good run, and I think we're done. And, and I have to realize in those moments, you know, that's, that's me being honest in my own humanity because part of what's coming out of that is my own temptation, like me, Brad Causey, my own temptation to, to give in to, to self-protection of, you know, when, when it gets difficult, even in relationship and trying to work and working a relationship to, to just want to isolate and just go, oh, it's too exhausting. I just, I don't know if I can do it again. And so then I start to, I start to shut down and shut out. And I come to a place where I just sigh and maybe just throw up my hands and saying, I don't know, I'm disappointed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm not even sure how all of this is supposed to work out. And so, you know, as, I, as I'm naming this before you, I'm naming it in a place of, of even within community of holding myself accountable and saying that the, these are times when I've been overwhelmed in that, where I've had to come back to God and go, okay, God, whose church is this? Whose church is this? This is not Pastor Brad and Pastor Kristen's church. We've been entrusted to lead it. We were given a vision to start it, and we invited people to join in and join a team to start a church back in 2017 into 2018, and, and we did all that work, and we invested all of it, but all along the way, we were never building our church. What were we building? We were working to establish and build God's church. God's community of faith with God's people in, in, in relationships that God has designed and God has created, that God has established. And so in these moments when I've been, you know, really overwhelmed and I've wanted to shut down or maybe just 
completely isolated. And, and I realize part of what's happening is I've allowed too much of my own sense of identity and purpose get wrapped up in what God is doing here. And then I have these moments where, again, in, in honesty before God, I pour it all out. And I, I have to admit to God, like, I don't even know, God, what you're doing here, but I'm going to know that I can put my trust in you. God, that I, will, that I will rely on you and that I will trust in you and you alone. And then in those moments, it's like God reminds me. He's like, yep, that's right. You're my child. You're, you're, you belong to me. And so trust what I am doing here and trust that I'm big enough to be able to carry it and sustain it. And so, you know, I, I even in naming this, I, I name it and I admit it before you as a church because I realize there's part of it where I have to ask even your forgiveness as a church community and recognizing that there are times where I have intentionally pulled away and I've stepped back because I've been overwhelmed by the immensity of all of it, because I've been uncertain of how do I lead through this. And, and then in that, I know that there are, are seasons where I've ignored or maybe I haven't paid attention close enough or I haven't initiated what I need to in caregiving for others. And so in it, I, I name this for myself and, and saying that I need your forgiveness of times where I've um, not been fully available and fully vulnerable and open in the ways that I need to in leading as a pastor, as a shepherd, as a caregiver to God's church. And so in that, I recognize that in this season of praying and fasting, part of the work that God's doing, part of the endurance and the resilience that God's giving me is being in a place of recognizing some of those tendencies that I have in my life and then recognizing that God also, as we start to recognize it, gives us strength and gives us tools and the ability to have accountability to then tend to it, to address it, to uproot it and deal with it so that we can be strengthened going forward, so that we can be stronger in the ways that we honor, that we serve God, and that it builds our confident hope in the Lord. And so again, we come back around and think about this 21 days of praying and fasting. You've heard me say it. I'm going to say it again. I have no guarantee what the outcome of this season is. I have no guarantee of what it looks like as we continue to, to have resilience and strength as a community of faith and try to see some sustaining and then eventual rebuilding as a church. Like, I don't know the outcome of that. And the reality is I can't even control it. But I can tell you this that this is God's church and God's church is alive. That God is doing something here by the, by the Holy Spirit. And so that as we meet together as a community of faith, scripture says that we are the body of Christ. And what is the body of Christ? The body of Christ is alive. Christ died and was resurrected and his body was alive. And now we as the church symbolically are alive in the same way. And so when we think about this restored relationship with one another, it's in that same imagery that Paul uses of saying, you know, a body has a lot of different parts, but those different parts are meant to work together because the body has something that it's supposed to be doing, something that it's purposed for. And so my prayer is, and you're going to see more of this over the coming months here at Essence Place, is that as you see restored relationship with God and as you're working to see restored relationship with one another, that it brings greater clarity of how God has gifted you and wired you to be in relationship as the body of Christ. Scripture says the hand is a hand, the eye is an eye, and they each have different parts, but as they work together, there's amazing things that can happen out of that. And so as we think about this of praying for restored relationship, I want to challenge you to take creative steps and how you give encouragement to one another. 
how you encourage one another. Because it's not, you're not just going to run into each other on Sunday morning in this space during the season that we're in. And so you got to be creative of how do you encourage one another? How do you, how do you spur one another on in faith and encourage one another that way? And then be creative and listening as you pray um, in the, to the Holy Spirit as you're praying, uh, listening to God about how you build trust with one another. Like, how can we build trust and still have trust with one another, even through distance and even having to meet virtually? You know, some of it may just be, I'm going to have trust with others by showing up on a Wednesday night Zoom and flicking my camera on and sharing what God's speaking. And that's going to uh, take take some, you know, some nervous energy and it's going to take a bold step of faith for me to do that. But I'm going to trust that those are in that space with me are, are um, having that same God-honoring caregiving for one another. And I can share in that way. You know, again, another place of praying um, for creative ways to be able to be in, in unity, in unity of our mindset and our purpose during, yes, this season of praying and fasting, but during a season of working to rebuild the church and what God has called us to do and be as essence place in this world. And so I, I need to, again, being mindful of time, I want to I wanna start to wrap this up. We've talked about, number one, restored relationship to God. And we've talked about, number two, seeing re- restored relationship to one another. But there's another relationship that we need to work to see restoration happening, happening in. And, um, you know, it may, it may not be an obvious one when you think about relationships. But during this season of praying and fasting, and this is number three, we need to work to see a restored relationship to ourselves. What do I mean by that? A restored relationship to ourselves. Like, how could I, I am myself. How could I not be, you know, connected, restored in relationship with myself? But I think if we, if we really stop and we look at the way we live our lives, so much of the pattern of our life causes us to be disconnected from our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, from our, even from our spirit of what God's doing. And we, we can get distracted and disconnected from our own sense of being and understanding, understanding what's going on inside of us. You know, and this, this may actually be harder than even the previous two areas I named of being restored to God and restored to relationship with others. But the truth is, if we're not really restored and understanding ourselves, I don't know that we can be restored in relationship to others. I don't know that we can actually be restored fully in a full relationship with God until we're able to tune in and understand what is going on inside of us and understanding that Yes, through the difficulties of life and in relationships, you know, sometimes it can be so hard to even understand what's going on inside of us. The psalmist named this, names this for us in Psalm 139, probably a very familiar psalm for you. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. This is in our prayer guide this past week, and so my hope is that you read that and, and you use that in a time of praying, but realize that as the psalmist penned those verses, what was, what was the psalmist saying there? And then as we, as we read those, we're like, what are, we, what are we speaking to God? What are we speaking, even reminding ourselves? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I think we have to pause for a moment and ask ourselves, have we truly allowed God to search us? to know us. Because if we're inviting God to search us and know us, then that means that we're also being tuned in, clued in to what's happening inside of us. That we're in a place of openness and willingness to allow the Holy Spirit to begin 
restoring relationship. Yes, to God, but also even to our own understanding of ourselves. I mean, sometimes we become so accustomed to living with such inner chaos that we, we have really nothing left to be able to give God or to give others in relationship. And so we end up finding ourselves in these places where we're so exhausted emotionally, mentally, maybe even physically and spiritually that we think about how do, how do I have something left to give to God? You want me to fast and pray? Like, I feel like I can barely get it from one day to the next. And you want me to be in a restored, relate, like work on relationship with others? Like, it's exhausting just seeing a text message come in and knowing like, how, oh, I got to pull myself together to even respond to what this person is saying or asking of me. Those are the seasons when we're, when we're so exhausted, when we're, we feel so disconnected from even our own sense of identity and ourself that God wants to give us the strength to be in a restored relationship with ourself. With, and, and knowing God through that and knowing the work of God then in relationship to others. You know, one of the things that one of the great theologians of the past said is that to truly know God, we have to know ourselves. And, but yet to truly know ourselves, we have to know God. It goes all the way back to the beginning that this is how we were created. This is what we were wired for. This is what God has intended and purposed us to be is in relationship with God so that there's a revealing of ourselves, so that we start to understand ourselves in deeper ways. And then as we start to understand that, we're then better to able under, to understand God. And it's this back and forth. And I will say this right now, God will respect your no. Like God He's not going to try to control you. He's not going to nag you. He's going to allow you to say no. He's going to allow you, God will allow you to resist, to go your own way. By God's allowance, God will let you resist and and push away and feel like you've got to do it on your own. And we see this even um, in the scriptures. Think of the story of the prodigal son. The father lets the son go off releases the son and and allows it to happen. That's in Luke 15. And in Matthew 19, we see even another story of the rich young man where he approaches Jesus and he asks, what do I need to do to, to follow you and to have eternal life? And Jesus challenges him and he says, go sell everything you have, this rich young man, go sell it all and then come and follow me. And what does the rich man do? He walks away disappointed because he's not willing to say yes to Jesus. And so somehow within the mystery of who God is, God gives us a choice. God allows us to, to, to be able to sit right where we are, to lock down, to, to fold our arms and say no, or just feel like we're, we're too exhausted and too overwhelmed for the task. But then in the same way, God in giving us a choice gives us the ability and the strength to be able to say yes. To take a psalm like Psalm 139 that says, search me, O God, and know my heart. And maybe that's all that we can get out to God is just search me and know me. God, search me and test me. Like, uh, know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. Lead me on the paths of everlasting life. And to just voice the words of scripture back to God in a way that's opening ourselves and surrender to God and saying, God, I want to know you. God, through you, I need to know myself. What is it within me? Like, let me be restored to myself to be a whole and complete being. That's what the process of, of sanctification, of being made more like Christ truly is. It's, it's being restored body, soul, and spirit, and God working us in a whole and complete way. And so we have to realize that if we're truly going to see restoration in relationship, that it starts first within us. 
And that's why I said this may be the hardest, but I think this is like, it's like dropping the pebble into the pond and seeing the ripples go out. Like if we're not willing to start here and actually tune in to our internal state and then invite God into our mess, we're withholding ourselves from the fullness of what God desires to do. And in this, again, I want to I wanna challenge you to, to be able to trust God in it. Because, you know, for some of us, it may be a place where, you know, doing that type of work and allowing God into that space seems totally overwhelming. But I believe in this moment, the Holy Spirit, maybe, maybe it's just a glimmer of hope that there's something powerful that God can do if we just say yes to God. So again, I want to see restored relationship and, and a strengthening of relationship here at Essence Place in our community. And I believe this is how it happens. This is how it happens of inviting God, work in me, know me, God, so that I can know myself, know me, God, so that I could be restored to you and I, I can be in a strengthened relationship with you. So then, God, as you're working in me, I'm able to actually be in a fully available relationship with others and, and seeing that all this hard work that, that God is doing in us actually creates such potential for what God will do then collectively through us. So this is why this is our first prayer focus that we're focusing in on, is realizing that we've been through a year with a lot of awkwardness, a lot of, of distance, a lot of um, really just losing sight of one another and, and trying to remember, what, what does their face look like? Oh, I remember their name. And, and, and so it's put such a strain on our community. But then at the same time, through these days of praying and fasting, and as God is working in us, I have such confident hope that there is something amazing that God desires to do in us collectively as the body of Christ. And so the invitation now is yours. The invitation now is yours to, to turn to God and to, in listening to God, actually ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to show you, you know, where, where are you in a place of understanding um, a healthy relationship with others? to be able to live out of that Romans 12 way of living, uh, of loving others in the way that Paul talks about there. Or maybe even examining with God, like, God, what, what truly is the state of my relationship to you, God? And in that process, there's an uncovering of, of how much are we truly tuned in and understand the, the state of our own hearts, our minds, our lives. And as we start to take inventory across those areas of relationship, part of what we're doing is seeing the Holy Spirit in the loving, caring way that the Holy Spirit does come in and bring healing, bring strengthening, bring challenging where it's needed, confession and repentance. And then through all of that, there's this restoring that God is doing to the way that we were truly created and intended to be. We were created by God to be in relationship. And so I wanna challenge you this week as you go through the daily prayer guide, as you join us on Wednesday Zoom, um, to take some steps, maybe in ways that it's been a very long time to be trusting God in relationship or, or trusting others in relationship, to be praying creatively about God, how have you made me, informed me and wired me? And then what does that look like in being in connection and relationship with others? Right now in the state of our world, church does not look like church looked like a year ago or two years ago, or three years ago. I was just saying to my son, Kevin, this morning as we were coming in to do the live stream, I said, I'd never thought a couple years ago that church would look like this. And yet, God is still so faithful. 
God is still at work. God is at work in you and in me, and God is in work at work in all of us together. And so as we pray for restored relationship, we know that we can pray with a confident hope because God is faithful. Will you pray with me now? Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you work in us. And then as you do that deep work in us, it overflows into to loving care for those around us. I pray, God, that you begin to pull back some of the layers of our life that helps us to, to start to understand and, and take inventory of where are we right now? Where are we in our places of need, of longing? Where are we in the places of joy and celebrating? God, would you help to give us a perspective that's more of a long range view of our life and, and your faithfulness in it, to see that you have been walking with us and through the valley places, the most darkest places, God, you were there. And in the places where it was joy and we had no consideration of, of pain or difficulty, God, you were there as well because God, you are faithful. And so Lord, we pray today by the power of the Holy Spirit that as we, we seek to see restored relationship, that God, you would do it because it's part of your nature. It's part of your character to be in relationship with your creation. God, you've created us for one another. Lord, we know that our culture, our world, even within our own family and friendships, it's been so strained over the last year. And in some places it may feel as though things are broken beyond repair. But yet God, we know that you are the God of the impossible. And so Lord, as we come before you this week and we pray for ourselves and we pray for our families and we pray for our friends and our community and we pray for our world, I pray God that you help us not to become overwhelmed by the sight of all of it, the immensity of the need, but I pray God that you help us and allow us to be overcome, overcome by the greatness of who you are and that God, you can work miracles in ways that we can never imagine. And so Lord, we place our trust in you. And remember God, that as we go through problems, trials, and difficulties, that it builds endurance, that leads to, to a confidence. And then that starts a cycle of just strengthening our faith. God, I wanna pray purposely and intentionally for those who are a part of our Essence Place community that are in a deep place of need for healing and restoration internally. Places where they feel as though they're beyond hope, where they feel that there are parts of their lives and who they are that um, are untouchable by God. I pray, God, that you would right now in this moment, as they hear my voice, as they're watching this video, as I'm praying for them, that they would feel your loving arms wrapping around them. I pray, God, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would help them, even if it's just a glimpse for a moment, to be able to see themselves as you see them. And then I pray, God, that as they're challenged by the message this morning, that they would step into places of seeing restoration happening for themselves. And maybe that's seeking out help, you know, talking with Pastor Christian or myself in a, in a pastoral counseling, caregiving way that, that helps to bring some guidance and some understanding of what you're speaking, or maybe reaching out and, and, and seeking some professional help from a therapist and finding a counselor and, and, and starting to address and deal with some things. Or, or maybe it's even talking with a doctor and seeking um, help in their, in their physical body, like whatever areas where it feels like it's, it's too beyond what you could do. I pray God in this moment now that you would show them that you are able, 
that they are your child and that you first loved them and that through Christ Jesus, there is hope and there's hope forevermore. Jesus, as we pray all of this, we pray it in your mighty and wonderful name. Amen.